<clears throat> you are now tuned in to the Cold Logic Experience. I almost said universe. <laughs> but we back with another reading, book share. We're going to go into chapter one if you ain't noticed about the title. Did I put that in the title? Oh, uh, but like we always do, or what are we going to do for now? We're about 20 minutes in. Uh, we're currently on chapter one, which is her childhood. Uh, if you didn't know, we in here with the Black Man's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman. You see it at the bottom of the screen as well. Also, if you appreciate this, donate to the Cash App in the Venmo. I'm scrolling across the bottom. Uh, so yeah, let's get started. From the very first mo moment she was born, she's become attached to her first teacher, her mother. <laughs> her eyes study her mother constantly during the initial bonding process. She learns to smile and form other mutual communication techniques. She, as with any other cub, is taught survival skills, how to eat, dress, bathe, use the toilet, general manners and obedience, most implied by a look or spoken in a certain tone of voice. She is able to understand the language long before she can speak it. She never stops studying her mother and she never stops learning from her mother. If she is raised by two parents, she studies both of them. Since she is with the mother or other female, she learns to tune into them emotionally. She learns to observe the other adults in the same way. She detects when they are happy, at peace, or sadly restrained or mad. She also pays attention to how her mother treats her father. She learns glances, body language, and moods. The spoken and unspoken messages that her mother displays as a cub, she mimics and includes these practices right or wrong as a part of her survival skills from the very start. <coughs> she overhears conversations that her mother has with her friends and relatives pertaining to her father. If all of the mother's comments are supportive and positive, good, but since the habit of gaming the, on the black man is a 400 year old tradition here, the inflections are for the most part negative. She listens and she records. The first mental tapes translate into pictures and forms that, and they cannot be erased, at least not for many years. What she overhears as a small child may go something like this. I don't care what your father said. I said, dot, dot, dot. I've got to cook and clean up this house before your father gets home because I don't want to hear his mouth. Your father don't run this house. I do. He don't know what he's talking about. He don't know that I know. He don't know what he's doing. Ooh, shout out for the authentic page. You don't hear that on the audio book. Uh, John makes me sick. I get tired of picking up behind him. 
That was the last quote. If the father requests something, she may hear the mother say, get it yourself. Or, you don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. Every mother is guilty of using these or similar terminology about her husband when she is tired, exasperated, or angry during the girl child's upbringing. The training message for the mother, in parentheses a teacher, is the black man don't know, for one. For two, certain references to the black man are made only behind his back. Three, a woman has the option to choose what she wants to obey. Four, a man is a bother. After hearing various negative inferences behind the father's back, then the girl child, the girl child observes how the mother may front off when the father is present, pretending that she is obedient and everything is fine. The girl child, while too young to actually distinguish between the truth and falsehood, watches how trusting and unaware the father is. Soon, she concludes that the mother is right. He don't know, which must mean that he is dumb. And if he is dumb and doesn't know what's going on behind his back, it makes the girl child insecure. He's physically strong, but we live two lives, one in front of daddy and one behind his back. Since the mother is her mentor and they are alike, she agrees and you can't trust him. He is different from us. And then the cycle starts. On the other hand, if there is no biological father or stepfather on the premises whom the girl child can relate to and observe daily, the scenario may go something like this. In parentheses, especially if the single child, I mean, especially if the single mother is periodically changing men or dating around. Parentheses, she may hear one, I'm gonna get that nigga tonight. Two, I keep calling him every night, but he ain't home. Three, girl, don't believe nothing he says, he just lies all the time. Four, I can't believe nothing he say. Five, I'm gonna make him spend some money on me. <laughs> Six, I gotta find a man. Seven, I want to see what he can do. Eight, you can't let a man know all your business. <clears throat> the training message from the mother in this instance is, one, the black man is a liar. Two, don't believe in him, he'll disappoint you. Three, the black man will desert you. No security. Four, withholding information is a necessary practice when dealing with the black man. And if you're gonna deal with the black man, you have to have a plan. <laughs> While the aforementioned statement examples may seem trite and unimportant, remember that they are of great significance since they are part of the first introductory impressions on the girl child about the black man who is unusually not present to defend himself or prove that he charges i mean or prove that the charges are not true to the girl child these impressions represent the pure truth from the person who takes care of her her mother in 
the two-parent home, the girl child has an easier time learning how to charm the father and get to get him to cooperate with her and grant her wishes. She adopts these skills to manipulate a person whom she's already believes is not too swiftly mentally, according to mom. She also sees that the father will give the mother a, vor a verbal order and later she sees the mother do something else different or in direct opposition. She also learns the politics of a female survival regarding chastisement. If the father tells her to do something or reprimands her, she finds that she can go to the mother and get the ruling changed or omit it completely. Above all, she can usually get sympathy from the mother in words or even more powerful from her mother's eyes which say, do it, you know how it is, or I'll make it up to you later, or I agree with you, he's wrong, do it anyway. In either case, the father's word is deemed questionable and should be examined and verified to determine if it's wrong. Also, that his words can be opposed or rejected successfully. If the father becomes vocally angry with the mother, she may show her protectiveness by sending the girl child from the room or outside to play. If the father is rightfully angry, unbeknownst to the child, the mother may be extra nice to hold up, page flip, defer his attention from the issue to get his mind off of it. The father may be right, but the teaching message is, one, he's dangerous and wants to argue, but I'll protect you from him. Two, this is something I have to endure, but you don't. Three, he can be swayed with a little kindness and a charm. Four, he's our boss and we don't like it because he's unfair. The girl child watches her mother sim simulate several emotions, pleasure, admiration, enthusiasm, interest, and cooperation. But the cutting side of the issue is that the mother obviously is projecting fake agreement. And it seems to work. In addition to these negative impressions about the capabilities and inconsistencies of the black man who's gone all the time anyway, the girl child is introduced to a fairy tales as bedtime and story time reading. Some of the stories are fantasies about the wonderful life white men and white women lead. They tell about how gallant the white man is and how he always saves the day for the white woman. Sometimes the stories about are about black people. Most of the children's books are written by black females who present the black man in superficial roles or they are shown as black men practicing a white lifestyle. The descriptions are usually vague since the black woman does not know or admit the good values in a black man. <laughs> only, oh, one can only describe with words what one knows or discovers and the black woman is hard pressed to dig up good renditions about the black man and put it into words. Since she doesn't live it, she can't report about it. Mm. If the books are about Africa, the girl child still cannot 
really identify or miss the African king idea with her daddy down in the living room sprawled in his favorite chair while she watches her mother work in the kitchen. Her small mind cannot assimilate well enough to distinguish a routine setting from the artificial picture shown in storybooks. The black mother thinks that fairy tales are harmless entertainment for her daughter and son and have no other intrinsic value to development of the child. A new brain not yet equipped with psychological tools to filter or disseminate information accepts any and all information it is programmed with as the truth. Fairy tale characters, cartoons, and talking animals represent the truth to them and judging the outcome are very detrimental to the child's development and reality recognition. Consequently, when the ch when the girl child arrives at school, she has already been programmed with a bushel of false ideas about what it is real and unreal and what is for play and what actually exists. Between seeing and touching real flesh and blood people and being introduced to Mickey Mouse, a talking rat, Cinderella, Snow White, Superman, Cookie Monster, Big Bird, Donald Duck, Casper, Bugs Bunny, the Smurfs, the Muppets, and Garfield, and a host of other cartoons, she's quite confused. She carries these fantasies into the future and they govern how they govern many of her emotions and ideas. They become deeply rooted in her psyche and will override true information from other sources. She is not just looking at the cartoon, she is also listening to their dialogue and copies their responses. She is taught to love these artificial personalities. During this time, she is also introduced to Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, Cupid, and the Tooth Fairy. All of these toy animals and people are presented to her as good, and none of these first heroes which is taught which she is taught to love and admire are black. Other than possibly her girl baby dolls, she is not introduced to her own culture. Be aware that all of the misinformation imparted in this chapter is transmitted to the black female child, usually from the mother, by the time she is five years old. What a beginning. Well, I said we was gonna do 20 minutes, but it didn't take me 20 minutes to read the first chapter, so I'm gonna let that marinate on y'all. You need to go back and listen to what I said again, cause you got triggered. <laughs> you might need to do that, but um, appreciate y'all watching, listening, whatever you're doing right now. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to continue with chapter two. With that saying, peace out to the cold logic experience. We out. Song coordinate with the outro. Hey, can I talk to you?